Perhaps much, much smaller, and maybe even tinier, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah! But I got the crystal ball! Yeah, that's what they all say. They do indeed. Away with you! <laughs> Welcome in, friends, to this, the 224th edition of Fuse Box, bi-directionally, entitled Interzoned. And that title variation may uh, jog a wheel or two in some folks' minds, a uh, distant, muted echo. Yeah, like that. (laughs) Well, more about that in a bit. I'm your purveyor of elastic reality for the guy and gal on the go, host, Mark Rose, and over there, always going, but never there, (laughs) is the Maharaja of the meters, Milt Kane. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Oh, we have another wondrous potpourri of subjects to throw about this time. Uh... You know what? I know where that title comes from, bro. Do you now? Yep. Marcy says she has read everything by that guy. Marcy? You're Marcy. Yes, sir. I-, I damn near fell over when she told me that. Well, you know what? I'd say Marcy has quite a depth of literary appreciation, Mr. Keynes. Well, she is with me, so. Well, yes, there is that, yeah. Uh, So as not to tease you unnecessarily, friends, the title of our show this time uh, is taken from a novel written by William S. Burroughs, actually uh, started in 1958 and published in 1959, called Naked Lunch. And uh, it's, it's, it's had quite a history over its 64 years or so. We're going to feature that title in a Spotlight on Film segment because the folks at Arrow Video have just released an absolutely wondrous tribute to the uh, 1992 film by David Cronenberg. And uh, it's it's amazing. You know, I did see that thing back in the day. But uh, I was really baked, so it's kind of a blur. Yeah, you know what? I think many people saw that film in an altered state, so to speak. <laughs> it's probably not the best choice for viewing that film, but... Uh, you know, I seem to remember, like, a, a, a typewriter that was part insect. <laughs> it's all coming back to you now, Mr. Keynes? <laughs> yeah, well, that means then it wasn't the blotter acid then. I, I, I don't think so? Good to know. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> so, uh, friends... We're going to chat about that uh, new film release from Arrow Video and uh, also talk about some further broadband noise coming out of that place down there in that area. (laughs) Dealing with uh, Governor Ron the Sand Slug and another giant step backwards into the neo-dystopian future he seems to want to create for uh, educators 
in particular. Oh, yeah, and uh, Disney's pulling the plug on a $1 billion office complex they were planning to build there, too. Oh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You know? <laughs> yes, and but also... A uh, recent development in this frantically addictive world of uh, AI has a new wrinkle for some online sources, which is uh, somehow fitting. Yeah. All this and less coming up, so uh, please, friends, stay with us. Will them? That's ridiculous. TheFuseboxShow.com Well, welcome back, friends. Uh, so let, let's take a look at a uh, thing that's happening in that crazy world of AI that is seemingly affecting everything at the moment. Um, yeah, it's the hot button right now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's the new shiny thing, right? So uh, while these enormous advances are being made to the AI uh, engines out there, due largely, I might add, to all of our participation in that R&D process, it's uh, learning quickly. And the uh, developers are swiftly moving to develop more, better, greater visions and versions of this thing that we have uh, been seeing every day. And much of it is pretty impressive. But as with all this uh, new technology that uh, emerges, it uh, presents some uh, challenges as well. Uh, take, for instance, this wrinkle. Now, I'm pretty sure if you've had an experience at all with these uh, AIs, like uh, Midjourney or Stable Diffusion, OpenAI, and a host of others, then you know you can create some pretty stunning art. Better results when better prompts are used, of course, and there definitely is a science to that. But uh, an interesting possible outcome, which, frankly, for my money, is actually happening right now, is the possible elimination of stock photo outlets. Oh, hey, you, you know what? You're right. I mean, if, if you can just ask this thing for a, a, like a, a beach scene at night with two people drinking Mai Tais down to the color of the little umbrella in their drink, well then... You... Yeah, then who needs stock? And it's free? And it's free, for the most part. Now, that's going to start getting more restrictive as soon as the user base is relying more and more on this thing, but... Uh, even so, it'll most likely be more cost-effective than the extortionist pricing on some of these stock pages. Now, I'm not talking about the free ones, obviously. But my, my point is, the folks who furnish the photography to these sites have been getting raked over the coals for years by these uh, stock houses. I mean, many of these folks rarely see any significant return from the places that sell their work. Sometimes, you know, there might be a donation option which appears on the, uh, on the free sites, which is good. But uh, really, how many folks actually do donate to this stuff? Yeah, people are just getting used to things for free these days. They are. Well, hell, I'm grateful when someone gives away a piece of software that's really useful. But you know what? I'm always watching that, those same folks for when they release either a paid update or maybe they have a donate option or, or something like that because th things have value. The person receiving it sees that 
So, you know, the same with this. Now, photographers are certainly not going to be replaced by AI because, at least for now, these engines are creating things based on what has already been created by someone. You know, if there, there was no prior reference for anything, there would be some pretty weird pictures generated from these engines. Well, you know, and then there's the imagination part, too, yeah? I mean, at least right now, the creative juice needed to dream up something is still missing from those apps. I mean, you gotta type into this thing, you know, like all the details, the colors, the shading, the time of day, the style, all that shit in order for the thing to deliver what you're looking for. So, I guess in some ways, it's a collaboration. Well, yeah. As always, it's mixed consequences. But kind of like the evolution of a lot of past technologies or, or uh, services or methods of working, they have to change, you know, like it or not. Can you say horse and buggy? Or letterpress machines. It's just a fact of our evolving times. <laughs> Speaking of obsolete and washed up, there's more chronic stupidity coming from the People's Republic of Florida. A teacher is under, quote, investigation by the State Department of Education after what she believes is a targeted attack by a school board member who took issue with a Disney movie shown in her classroom. Was it Debbie Does Pluto? <laughs> Uh, no, no, Mr. Keynes. It was actually a film we discussed a few months back. Uh, as the USA Today article states, at a uh, recent Hernando County School Board meeting, fifth grade teacher Jenna Barbie alleged school board member Shannon Rodriguez reported her to the Florida Department of Education for showing her students Disney's 2022 movie, Strange World. And it's the first Disney movie with an openly gay character. Wait. Yeah. Weren't you... Uh, yes, yes. I was referencing this film a few shows back, stating what a triumph this film was and a perfect example of Disney putting their money where our eyes and hearts are. This was a really well-done and not at all preachy look at a gender identity issue and uh, personal preferences and, frankly... I think it should be required viewing everywhere. Jenna Barbie, a uh, teacher at Winding Waters K-8, through or maybe that's Winding Waters K-8, through said uh, during public comment, the uh, Disney movie tied into her students' earth science lesson and did not have sexually inappropriate content. Barbie said, quote, The word indoctrination is thrown around a lot right now, but it seems that those who are using it are using it as a defense tactic for their own fear-based beliefs without understanding the true meaning of the word. Yeah, it, it seems like there's just a big black hole of stupidity down there, and it's getting bigger every damn day. Oh, very nice, Mr. Keynes. A, a little callback to our last show. Well, I do my best. Yeah, there it goes. Well, as we know from uh, recent laws passed down there, that Florida educators are prohibited from teaching about gender and sexual identity due to the, quote, Parental Rights in Education Act, signed by Governor Ron the Sandslug in 2022, also known as 
Don't say gay by critics. Uh, teachers have expressed anxiety and confusion over the vague wording of the law for fear of losing their teaching licenses or criminal penalties if found in uh, noncompliance. You want to talk witch hunts? Well, this is one. Keep all the kids stupid because we wouldn't want them growing up and using their own common sense to vote these asshats out, after all. A strong case could be made for that very idea, Mr. Keynes. Yeah. At the uh, end of the school board meeting, Shannon Rodriguez said uh, Barbie broke school policy because she did not get the specific movie approved by school administration and said the teacher is, quote, playing the victim. Rodriguez's daughter is also in Barbie's class. Barbie said uh, every student in her class had a signed parent permission slip that said PG movies were allowed. Strange World, of course, is rated PG. She went on to say, I'm a first-year teacher. I've had to learn so much this year. I work with teachers who have taught for 20 years, 30 years, Tell me every day, it never used to be like this. Times have changed so much, and they are so micromanaged, they're not allowed to teach anymore. They're basically a caregiver who has to teach the standards. Teachers stay for the children, but because of the laws and the fear of being let go for saying one wrong thing, they can't connect to their students. It's not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs Shannon Rodriguez, on the other hand, said, uh, it's not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs upon a child. Religious, sexual orientation, gender identity, any of the above. But allowing movies such as this assist teachers in opening a door. And please hear me. They assist teachers in opening the door for conversations that have no place in our classrooms. Shannon Rodriguez who was uh, elected to the school board last fall, was endorsed by the conservative parents' rights group, Moms for Liberty. In her short tenure, uh, she has argued that there is, quote, smut and porn on schools' library shelves and has asked for books to be removed, according to the Suncoast News. Well, you better start with that Bible then, honey. Because that thing is loaded with it. Yeah, a very difficult time we're in at present. A clear and a direct attack on free will and expression. You know, where this phrase, we couldn't do that anymore, becomes more and more common, you know. But, uh, but on a slightly positive note, the quote, investigation has concluded. And uh, Miss Barber has been, quote, reminded to follow certain rules in the teaching guide, but uh, was not dismissed. Also, <laughs> currently, there is a petition circulating to get Shannon Rodriguez removed from the school board. It currently has nearly 20,000 signatures. Oops. Leaked from a lab in Wuhan. TheFuseBoxShow.com And speaking of upsetting the banana card and getting it all over the place. Mm. Yeah. We've got a dose here, friends. Mm-hmm. 
a book-turned-film that, when first published, grabbed the literary world by the eyelids and said, Exterminate all rational thought. We're going to chat about the new Arrow video release of David Cronenberg's Naked Lunch on this... And now, Spotlight on Film. When I started writing Naked Lunch, people offered their opinions. Disgusting, they said. Pornographic, un-American trash. Unpublishable. Well, it came out in 1959, and it found an audience. Town meetings, book burnings, and an inquiry by the state Supreme Court. That book made quite a little impression. Now, 30 years later, Hollywood, in its infinite wisdom, has turned it into a movie. 30 feet tall, in living color. Cover your eyes, America. Run for your lives. You're a marked man, Bill. You're just gonna have to leave town. Tourist class, I'm afraid. finished with doing weird stuff i thought i was too but i guess i'm not in the year 1959 a uh, tome written by william s burroughs was uh, first released by a french publisher olympia press a uh, a book intended by the way to be read in any order because of its non-linear narrative the book was in fact narrated by a junkie named William Lee. Now, the vignettes in this book, which Burroughs called routines, are drawn from Burroughs' own experiences, spanning from the U.S. to Mexico, uh, eventually to Tangier, and the uh, dreamlike, surreal environment known as the Interzone, and uh, his addiction to drugs, heroin, morphine, and while in Tangier... Majun, a very strong hashish confection. Oh, as well as a German opioid with the brand name Eucadol, which I think has been uh, relabeled recently as oxycodone. And he wrote about that frequently. Now, now as, as to the title of this book, Burroughs wrote in his introduction that it was actually Jack Kerouac who suggested the title. Quote, the title means exactly what the words say. Naked Lunch, a frozen moment when everyone sees what is on the end of every fork. Okay, uh, you. (laughs) Because of the uh, dream-like quality and uh, certainly non-linear format, and also because it really has no clearly defined plot in a, a traditional way, this book was deemed virtually unfilmable despite the um, rising popularity it's gained over the uh, ensuing years. And, and uh, even there were a few attempts at uh, doing a film version of it anyway. None really worked out, though, for one reason or another, until in 1989, 
Filmmaker David Cronenberg, who uh, had been uh, a, a big fan of the works of uh, Burroughs, got the crazy idea, some thought, to do an adaptation of this epic. He had an interesting spin on it, though. Given that most of the content in Naked Lunch would, uh, would pose serious technical challenges to pull off, not to mention budgetary limitations, Cronenberg actually said that uh, recently in an interview um, on this disc, really, that it would have probably cost over $200 million in uh, 1991, provided they could actually do it, which would have been a monumental sum for a film of this sort with, uh, with an unknown audience appeal, to say the least. So Cronenberg decided to uh, take elements from uh, Naked Lunch and uh, Burroughs' autobiography called Junkie as well as a novel called Exterminator, and created this framework for his uh, film adaptation. So although it's not a literal adaptation, it exists as one of the most visually striking, uh, perplexing, and utterly fascinating films of its kind. And truly, it's kind of a, a singular film event. There really isn't anything like Naked Lunch. Um, in an attempt uh, here to uh, summarize the plot, Exterminator, William Lee, played by Peter Weller, finds that his wife, Joan, played by Judy Davis, is stealing his supply of insecticide to use as a recreational drug. Lee is arrested by the police, and he begins hallucinating due to being exposed uh, to the insecticide earlier. Lee comes to believe that he is a secret agent and his boss, a giant talking beetle, assigns him the mission of killing Joan, who is allegedly an agent of an organization called Interzone Incorporated. Then begins a rather tangled tale of spies, an accidental death or two or nine, more hallucinations, typewriters that are part talking insect, giant centipedes, mugwumps, and uh, traveling to the notorious but highly interesting Interzone to carry on his mission to unravel the secrets of Interzone Incorporated and maybe unravel his own life in the process. I I have to say that uh, throughout this incredibly delirious journey, we get brilliant performances from Judy Davis, who plays dual roles in this film, one as the addict wife of William Lee, and then as Joan Frost, the wife of a writer of some influence in the interzone. Peter Weller, too, is positively (laughs) riveting as William Lee, probably the most downbeat performance of his career and used to great effect in this oftentimes surreal and, seriously, darkly comedic adaptation. Yeah, like I say, I saw this thing in the theaters at the time, like, uh, what, you said 1992? Yeah, 1992 was the year. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, I I was so blasted. I really don't recall what was going on. I kind of remember a giant centipede that was doing something uh, uh, unpleasant. Some guy in a cage? <laughs> uh, yes, y- y- you would be correct. Also, in this cast is Julian Sands, Ian Holm, and Roy Scheider in a role 
you probably have never seen him play, uh, to say the least. The score composed by the always amazing Howard Shore, longtime Cronenberg collaborator, in tandem with jazz saxophonist Ornette Coleman and his trio, which uh, back in 1959, same year this book, Naked Lunch, was first uh, released, had a remarkable album called The Shape of Jazz to Come, which informs a lot of Shore's vision in this score, as, uh, as well as the new work that uh, Ornette Coleman created, especially for this film. There was also the uh, contributions of Sufi performers, the master musicians of Jajuka, who uh, added a uh, traditional Moroccan feel to the proceedings there. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, at times it sounded like there were like uh, two things playing simultaneously, but but like in different keys. <laughs> well, th- there are sequences where it might sound like that exactly. Uh, Coleman, on his own, experimented with some uh, crazy intervals. Truly an innovator, that guy. Uh, one instance in a Moroccan bar that uh, definitely could sound that way. Another interesting side note about this film is that it was originally going to be shot in Tangier and parts of uh, northern Africa where they were absolutely ready to roll and then suddenly the Gulf War broke out, the uh, second one, and it was deemed unsafe to travel to that area. So they made lemonade from the Gulf War lemons and uh, constructed sets in Toronto, which, if you didn't know this, you'd, you'd not suspect that at all, given the uh, incredible dreamlike atmosphere of this film. Just really masterful. Toronto? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Complete with camels in one sequence. Wow, the magic of film, bro. And the magic of this package from uh, Aero Video, a positively gorgeous 4K transfer supervised by Cronenberg uh, and cinematographer Peter Shushitsky. It has never looked this good. I have a prior print, and this this is just incredible. Uh, despite the seemingly downbeat atmosphere of this film, uh, it looks brilliant. Uh, the, the colors are vivid, and it has that late 50s patina right down to the Saul Bass-inspired opening titles. I, You know what? I can't recommend this thing uh, enough. It's, uh, it's a two-disc set that uh, features the main film with new commentaries by... Uh, Cronenberg and a secondary commentary track with film historian Jack Sargent and screenwriter Graham Duff. The second disc is filled with brand new extras done just last year in 2022, including a wonderful sit-down with Peter Weller that is honestly worth the price of the disc itself. This guy is brilliant and his insights on his experiences as uh, well as the filmmaking process in general, are invaluable. Uh, I've got a link in the show notes to a place that is offering the uh, limited edition for those interested, as well as a uh, link to the Arrow video site. Yeah, but you know, is it as good as my favorite film of all time, Nazi Love Camp of the SS? I think not. Milt, I've got a huge surprise for you. We're having a love camp party? Well, maybe later. My guest on the next Fusebox interview is none other than Grindhouse film historian and all-around swell guy, 42nd Street Pete himself. What? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> nope. Just wanted to surprise you with that little nugget and uh, tell you that you're welcome to be involved in that interview because I know you will have uh, one or two or nine questions. Holy carp. Yeah, yeah, one or two. <laughs> My God, man, this guy's a legend. I, I've got, let me, I don't know how many, a dozen of his DVDs. Oh, man, I, I really dig the ones with all the 8 millimeter loops. You know, the, 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 the uh, uh, Storefront series. Oh, man, that's amazing. <laughs> Friends, don't miss that one. Uh, in our next show, number 225, bound to be an informative jaunt down 42nd Street during its heyday and a spirited conversation about all things Grindhouse by a guy who was there. Lived it and knows it inside out. Check him out on his YouTube channel. We'll uh, link it in the show notes as well. Man, I can't freaking wait. <laughs> and with that overexcited miltism, uh, we'll call it a show, friends, but not before thanking our contributors to this edition of the program. Jeff Pollard, Mago Weston, and Gregory Wilson. Thanks as well to the panchromatic resonances of the maestro of meters, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. Wow. I mean, just wow. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, a pleasure as always, folks. And uh, if you haven't by now, uh, you should ought to subscribe to this here audio uh, detritus. Like that one. <laughs> uh, because where else are you going to get the uh, patron saint of 42nd Street yakking at you? Jeebus. So uh, push that subscribe button wherever you may have found us. Hey, g give us a review too. We love that. No, really, we do. <laughs> yes. Yes, in fact, we do. And uh, you know what else we really love? Diane Thorne and Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. Well, you know, Diane is Shirley Grant. But I was thinking about our lovely and stylish Fusebox store, which has been bursting at the seams with uh, newly designed stuff all the time. It's amazing and uh, more than worthy of that inspired Father's Day gift or Flag Day or National Pangolin Appreciation Day. Whatever day, it's always a good day for Fusebox merchandise. So head on over to the Fusebox website, thefuseboxshow.com, and click on the swag tab. And just like magic, you are there. And you can find it at the shop, that is, at our uh, Fusebox Facebook page. And just click the Shop Now button. Then, for the truly discriminating... Which would be you, right now, listening. Yeah, we see you pointing to yourself. That's right. There's the nearly infamous Fusebox Patreon page where you can sign up, get free swag, Extra content not permitted for mere mortals, early release of shows. Yes, and but also, a chance to be in one of these very programs. That's right, you. Come on, you know you want to. Hell, you spend more on that crappy bourbon in one day than it will cost you to support the show for a whole year. So true, so true. Find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash the Fusebox Show. Thanks, Bunches, to you friends for pushing play on this edition of the show. We very much do appreciate it. Um, there's a lot of dryer lint in the world, and it's not going to clean itself. So uh, we do value spending your valuable dryer lint cleaning time with us. See, that's just the great thing about audio, bro. You can multitask while listening to the show. Will wonders never cease? Well, hell no. I 
have been your concentrated with no less than 3% real juice. Host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Man, I just cannot believe how did you... Yes, yes, man. Fuse box.